All right. Welcome back to Defender of the Realm. This is Jay, and I'm back again this week to talk about a classic ARPG game. Uh, this was a game that uh, I used to play the tabletop version of it, uh, or the paper and pencil version of it, I should say. Um, the video game came out in 2004 for PC, and it is alive and well to this day. You could find it on Steam. Uh, there's patches that fix it up. Uh, there's added levels to it. Uh, and even though this came out uh, originally for Windows, like 98 XP, stuff like that, <clears throat> excuse me, you could find patches for it that you, you, you could play it really now on just about any, whatever version of Windows uh, you're running. You know, for I, uh, Mac stuff, I, I don't know. I'm really not sure. Um, but, of course, if you haven't figured it out by now, I'm talking about Vampire the Masquerade Bloodlines. Um, like I said, Vampire the Masquerade was a paper and pencil game, uh, you know, similar to Dungeons & Dragons, uh, that was made by White Wolf Studios. Um, now, when I used to play it, you know, I played it, way way back a uh, little bit in high school I played it in college um, I know like <clears throat> excuse me like the rules have changed since and um, some of the vampire clans have changed and you know the game has really been like expanded upon and, 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 and edited so this was sort of like the original run of the game uh, Vampire the Masquerade's Bloodlines the game kind of based is based off of that so if you're familiar with that version like one of the earlier versions um you know this would definitely be the game for you okay like i said this was a an action role-playing game uh where you played as one of several vampire clans that existed within uh white wolf's world of darkness where <clears throat> not just vampires but um the world of Dar world of darkness included uh vampires mages and werewolves now in the video game uh bloodlines Vampires are key. They're they're first and foremost, um, and werewolves do play a part in it, but mages didn't. Because I think mages kind of came a little bit later on. Probably wasn't around when they were developing this game. And that's just you know a little little backstory, a little history on this game is, um, you know, Troika Studios. You know, they were the studios that made this game. Um, you know, they they started developing it. Um, they were, I think they were Division of Activision. And um, they just they just ran into developmental hell. Um, they were having a lot of trouble getting this game out. They were working really, really hard to get it right. Um, they were losing money, you know, really, really this, this game, even though it is, it, this game has like cult status. Like I said, you, you can find people playing it today. Uh, the joke about this game used to be, you know, this was the reason why you held onto that one computer that ran windows 98, just exclusively to play vampire, the masquerade bloodlines. Um, you know, this, this came though, unfortunately it bankrupt Troika studios and, you know, this is probably why we'll never see like a reboot of this game or uh, or a sequel to it, or because I actually I don't even know who owns the rights to it anymore, which is which is kind of a shame. Um, so when the game came out, it pretty much came out unfinished. It was very buggy. Um, I mean, after they released it, um, you could start to find patches online, like you know Activision or Troika. I'm not sure who it was 
with what little remaining time they had left. I think it was Troika. What little remaining time they had left, they were issuing patches to fix the game. But the thing is, is this game became so popular, fans just started developing their own patches. Um, unused levels and things like that were discovered. So if you go on Steam now and you look for Vampire the Masquerade Bloodlines, you could find, you know, the original game, and then you could find patches that'll first allow you to run it on your machine, and then you could find patches, like I said, that have unused level, you know, levels that weren't in the original game, um, a lot of side missions, things like that. So, you know, if you used to play this game, it's still out there. Look for it. Um, if you never played this game and you have a Steam account, I highly, highly recommend it. Uh, especially if you used to play uh, Vampire the Masquerade or, or, any, or any of the White Wolf games, uh, World of Darkness games. All right. So, like I said, basically you choose to play as one of the vampire clans. And the clans were the Bruja, the Gangrel, the Tremere... The Toreadors, the Ventru, uh, the Malkavians, and the Nosferatu. Um, each one had their strengths and weaknesses to it. Um, depending on which clan you played for, it really affected your style of play. Um, but really, aside from choosing the vampire clan, the only other thing you would choose is if you're male or female, and your name, which never gets referred to in the game but you know it's just kind of cool to have um but this was back listen this was back 2004 you know customizing characters and role-playing games uh in video games pc games things like that wasn't really out there yet so i really didn't care and still to this day you know if i were to pick this game up i really wouldn't care because this was just a really fun arpg uh you could play it first person or third person and you know, the, what really made this story great was, or what made this game great, spoiler there, was the story. Um, so if you, are from, if you are not familiar with Vampire the Masquerade, it's basically vampires live among us. Uh, you have all these different clans. Uh, you sort of have a ruling body, which are known as the Camarilla. Uh, you also have uh, different sort of factions or, or sects, really. Um Sort of the, the the people that live outside of the Camarilla, uh, they're known as the Anarchs, and they just really believe that, you know, the Camarilla, their whole thing is, you know, the way they look at it is, look, humans don't know that we exist, and we want to keep it that way. So that's where the term masquerade comes in. Um, so things for vampires, you know, displaying their powers in public, uh, feeding in public, it's really, really frowned upon. And that's the thing is... Um, in the game, you know, they keep track of that. Like, if you do that, if you feed in, in an area uh, and you're seen, or you use one of your uh, vampire disciplines uh, in full view of the public, um, you know, you get, you get a masquerade violation. And after a certain amount, the head of the Camarilla, who was who the prince... Um, he will start to send hunters after you. So not only do you have to complete your missions and get through the story, uh, you have Camarilla agents really coming after you. So it kind of, you know, it, it doesn't really help you out too much. Um, there's also a humanity bar. Um, you know, if you show mercy, if 
um, you know, you, I mean, look, you're going to kill in this game, but if you don't unnecessarily kill, you know, you preserve your humanity. Um, if you're feeding on humans left and right, if you're killing innocent people indiscriminately, you'll start to lose, um, points or lose, uh, dots on your humanity bar. You actually could become feral. Uh, and really what that is, is at some point in the game, especially if you're low on blood, uh, you'll develop bloodlust where the screen would turn red and you really don't control your character. Your character will pretty much, uh, doesn't really matter where he or she is, uh, they'll run down humans and just, just feed on them indiscriminately. Um, you know, and that's again if you lose your humanity. Uh, there's one of the clans, the Gangrel. They're actually kind of prone to it, even if they're human. Like you have for if you play as a Gangrel, it's a good idea to keep your humanity pretty high. Um, the Vampire Clans, if you're not familiar with them, I'll go over them very, very briefly. So the Bruja, the Bruja, they are sort of like they look like a biker gang, pretty much. Um, they're actually like, look, they're idealists. They're very passionate about their ideas, which are, you know, they kind of support their, they make up a bulk of the anarchs. They believe that, look, these, these Camarillo laws, they're not needed. We can police ourselves. We know not to violate this so-called masquerade in public. Yeah, we just want to live quietly and we want to do our own thing. Um, they're very, very physical. They're very strong. A lot of their disciplines, and those are special vampiric powers, sort of bolster that. Um, it bolsters their speed and strength. These are your brawlers. Um, you know, so like I said, you know, if you play, if you play as a Bruja, uh, you know, your physical attributes will be very high, but, um, some of your other attributes and abilities are going to be low. Uh, you're not going to be very charismatic. Um, you're not going to be able to really use speech options to influence people. You're not going to be able to seduce people. Um, and really by that is, is actually if you, there's key points in the game, there's certain bars that you go into where there are patrons that either know you're a vampire or suspect you're a vampire. And when you're doing your dialogue tree, um, there'll be an option for almost sort of like a seductive, uh, speech pattern or a seductive speech that you could give. Uh, and if you could actually convince them, they'll, they'll actually allow you to feed on them and you can constantly go back and feed on them and, you know, restore your blood, things like that, yada, yada, yada. Game takes place in modern times. Uh, it takes place in Los Angeles. So that's the thing is there's there's a lot of different uh, locations. Uh, you start off in Santa Monica near the pier. Um, there's downtown Los Angeles. There's Chinatown. There's uh, portions of Hollywood that you play in. And really what it is, the way the game starts off is your character, again, if they're male or female, doesn't really matter. Um, you know, you, like I said, you choose your clan and you could do two things. You could either just, if you're familiar with the game, you could go ahead and choose it. Or what you could do is when you first start the game up is if it says like, hey, if you're not sure, let me ask you, you know, the, the, the game would say, you know, let me ask you a couple of questions and they'll ask you certain questions like... If you were to get into a fight, you know, would you use your fist? Would you use firearms? Would you sneak away? Would you use a sword? Um, you know, what type of movies do you like? You know, things like that. And then it'll kind of say like, oh, you'd be great as a Toreador or you would be great as a Tremere. Um, and again, you always have the option to change it. So 
you choose which clan you want to be, you choose male or female, and then a cutscene starts. And the cutscene is pretty much um, you go back to a an apartment with... If you're female, it's a male. If you're male, it's a female. Um, and it turns out that they're a vampire. Uh, and they sire you. They turn you into a vampire. Uh, you you wake up. You have no idea what's going on. Uh, all of a sudden, these vampires break in uh, and they stake you. Now, in the game, when a vampire is staked, they don't die. They actually become paralyzed. Next thing you know... Um, the prince of the Camarilla, his name is uh, Sebastian Lacroix, uh, he's basically holding a trial because the thing is, one of the Camarilla law is you can't sire another vampire without permission. So your master, your sire is killed right before your eyes and you're about to be killed when um, Nines, this guy named uh, Nines Rodriguez, who's the head of the Anarchs, kind of stands up for your defense, you know, saying that this this is a bunch of crap, you know, this this vampire didn't do anything so the prince is like no no i was going to show mercy and basically you become an agent for the prince of the camarilla um he says i'm going to send you to santa monica i have a job for you to do and the story goes from there and you're you're pretty much thrust right into the middle of vampire politics um you meet like i said you meet the prince who's the head of the camarilla um you meet another vampire who is very pro camarilla but feels that the prince is really not the type of leader they should have uh you meet with nines rodriguez who's the head of the anarchs who pretty much saves your life and then there are asian vampires uh called the Kui Jin, and you meet with them um you know, so like I said, there's all these different sort of factions within the game, and really what it is is there's a sarcophagus that's coming into uh, Los Angeles. It's a Mesopotamian sarcophagus, and allegedly a very powerful, or the corpse of a very powerful um, vampire is supposed to be inside, and the theory sort of goes is whoever controls it uh, is going to control a great power. So... You know, the prince wants you to steal it for him. Um, you know, it ends up, uh, you, you go to steal it. It ends up that it's gone. He has you track it down. You know, the Anarchs want you to destroy it. The Kui Jin wants you to steal it for them. Uh, and like I said, it's just, it's, a, it's an excellent story. Um, these factions playing off of one another. You're kind of caught in the middle. Um the decisions you make, the allies you make, when when it gets to the end, kind of to that the final mission, the final level, um, you know, you have some choices to make. You know, are you going to side with the prince? Are you going to side with the pro Camarilla vampires? Are you going to side with the Anarchs? Or are you just going to say, you know what, the heck with all of this political nonsense. I'm going to do my own thing, and you know, I'm going to destroy the sarcophagus or steal it for myself or whatever. Um, and, you know, and this is really a fun game. Uh, like I said, the type of vampire or the clan that you play as really kind of sets your gameplay. If you're one of the more physical ones, like a Bruja, a Gangrel, or a Tremere, you know, you're going to be fighting. Uh, hand-to-hand firearms, uh, the Tremere are excellent uh, with melee weapons. Um, if you're playing as a Toreador, who are sort of these more cultured vampires, um you know, you rely on your intelligence, you rely on your charm, um, you rely on your stealth. Uh, the Ventru are, are very, they're sort of the elitist vampires. Sebastian Lacroix is a Ventru. Um, 
you know, you're going to talk and haggle your way out of certain situations. You have a, a discipline that is an influence discipline. So weaker minds than you, you could actually control. Uh, then you got the Nosferatu. Now, if you ever saw the film Nosferatu, uh, and that, that was the silent film, you know, the vampire, the bald vampire with the pointy ears and the long claws, well, that's kind of what they look like. They are actually disfigured. That's sort of the curse of their vampirism. Um, so they can't really appear in public too much. You have to really stick to the shadows. You have to use the sewer system underneath the city. Um, but they're excellent spies. Um, you know, they can blend into the shadows. They can actually become invisible. Um, they have sort of high intellectual abilities, so they could pick locks easy. They could hack computers very easily. Uh, so you could play that way. Um, then there are the Malkavians. Uh, the Malkavians, a polite way to put it, is they're insane. Um, they're pretty much insane because they hear voices in their head, which are supposed to be the voices of some of the original Malkavian vampires just constantly feeding you information. Um, so kind of imagine Harley Quinn is a vampire, uh, and turn her craziness up like 10 notches and that's a Malkavian. Um, it's actually interesting because if you play as a Malkavian and you, uh, talk with people and interact with people you have like an ability that's kind of known as like the sight like you you can kind of read things about people you can kind of predict the future but your statements are kind of cryptic um so it kind of leads you to suspect certain things but you know it's not very very clear uh it's also interesting just a little side note is if you do play as a malkavian uh since you are crazy there are actually um instances where you carry on a conversation with either a stop sign or the news reporter on the television uh it's pretty funny uh when i played as a malkavian one time and that happened to me i had a really i, I was like i was intrigued it was absolutely amazing but like i said this is a great game um you know as you complete missions you earn experience points and you'll find that there's several different ways to complete missions you could be straightforward go in there hack and slash fight your way through and you might at the end of the mission earn four experience points if you take a more sneaky route and pick locks and hack computers to sort of sneak your way around to your objective you might get bonus experience points you might end up with five or six experience points um use these experience points to put them into your uh, attributes abilities and disciplines um you know attributes and abilities uh are things like you know your strength your speed your intelligence whatnot and when and those two can kind of combine to give you some skills like lock picking uses of firearms and you you would see it like when you start to plug you know you, you have experience points you start to purchase you know points for the attributes and abilities if you kind of like start to plug them in it'll show how it'll influence your skills um then there are your disciplines uh every vampire clan has three disciplines uh no two clans have the exact same ones but there are some that cross over for example the bruja the very strong ones they have a discipline that will give them that will actually enhance their strength which is already great there's another one that will enhance their speed which is already great the tremere the Tremere are blood sorcerers, so their disciplines uh, are actually, they have like a blood magic discipline, they have one that's called uh, Auspex, I believe, which kind of bolsters your perception and intelligence. Uh, like I mentioned before, the Ventru actually have an influential discipline where you could actually 
control weaker minds. The Nosferatu, you actually have an invisibility one where if you bolster it high enough, you can pretty much turn invisible, walk around, open doors, and no one will be the wiser. Um, and I think it's really great because it gives, it has a really high replay value. Um, when I first had this game and I ran through it, uh, I played as a Bruja, then I played as a Tremere, then I played as a Malkavian, and you know, the way I solved certain missions changed. Um, and when I kind of got near the end and I had choices to make, who to side with, you know, I tried different paths. Um, just to also see kind of what the endings were. And I mean, this was just this was just a really great game. Um you have use of firearms, you have use of melee weapons. Um Oh, wow. I, I really don't know what else to say about this game. Um, you know, yeah, look, I know this game came out in 2004, and I know that even though there's patches out there, it's still a little buggy. You have a Steam account, Vampire the Masquerade Bloodlines. Look it up. I highly, highly recommend it. Uh, this was one of the first really RPG games that I played on any sort of, you know, I played it on the PC. Um you know, it was games like that, that once I started to see things like the Elder Scrolls games, Dragon's Dogma, Dragon Age, things like that, um, you know, Vampire the Masquerade, Bloodlines, and the fact that I used to play the, the paper and pencil game, I used to play Dungeons and Dragons, that's what pushed me into a lot of the games, uh, role-playing games that I play now. So, if you are a fan of RPGs, especially action RPGs, Definitely check this game out. It is well worth it, and I really, really think you'll enjoy it. All righty. Uh, I really want to thank you guys for listening. Um, you know, this is the second show. Uh, I kind of heard back the first show, and I realized I was a little too close to the mic, so there was a lot of popping and things like that. So hopefully this one's going to sound a lot better. Um, I just want to throw a couple plugs out there. Um, I'm also on another podcast called uh, Enter the Nerd Zone. You can find it on Anchor. You can find it on iTunes, Google Play. Uh, Overcast, Pocket Cast, you know, wherever. Uh, it's called Enter the Nerd Zone. It's uh, me and my friend Pete. We talk about a variety of uh, nerdy topics, uh, movies, uh, TV shows. Um, we're also big professional wrestling fans, so we talk a lot of old school professional wrestling. My other friends, John and Alan, they have an awesome nerd podcast called The Nerd and Me. Actually, it's just called Nerd and Me. Um, excuse me, uh, they talk about nerdy topics, but they also get into 80s nostalgia, which is sort of, we're all the same age, that was the time when we were growing up, um, I think the four of us, we're like, we're like the kids on Stranger Things, but we're a hell of a lot cooler than them, um, but they, they talk about a lot of stuff like that, they just threw out a, uh, episode today, um, arcade games and going to the arcade, so if you're into that stuff, definitely check them out. That's Nerd and Me. Uh, all four of us, myself, Pete, John, and Alan, we have our own podcast channel called Stuff You Don't Need to Know. Uh, and just daily, we give you just random content. Uh, John does movie reviews. He talks about American history. Uh, Alan is a big fan of The Office, so he kind of recaps Office episodes. Pete is big on sports. He'll he'll give you sporting news. Uh, he also love his he also loves his lists, so he does top five lists. So check that out. Uh, I do different stuff. Uh, I talk about kung fu movies that I watched uh, in the eighties and seventies. Uh, I talk about fictional bands that only exist in movies and TV shows. Um, yeah, we all kind of give you different random content. Um, 
And then some other friends of ours, uh, Kevin and John, and that's a separate John, not the same John from Stuff You Don't Need to Know. Uh, Kevin and John, they are two good friends. Uh, they have a podcast called uh, John and Kevin's Big Stupid Podcast. That is the name of it. Just look for Big Stupid Podcast. Uh, they talk about their friendship, what it was like uh, for them growing up. Um, you know, they always give us great shout outs on there. So I'm giving them a shout out here. Uh, listen, keep it tuned here. Uh, I'm going to try to talk about uh, RPG uh, every week. I have the Instagram page, um, Defender of the Realm 97. You can find me there. Uh, you know, hey, leave me comments, leave me suggestions. If you're listening to me on Anchor, I got that call in feature. Call in, tell me what you think of the show, tell me what you want to hear. Uh, and again, you know, if, if it's something I'm familiar with or played with, I will definitely talk about it. So until next time, this is Jay and good gaming to you.